WFYI podcast brought to you by Bloomington, Indiana, an American college town offering food and drink, college sports, outdoor activities, live music, cool art, and good times daily. Everyone is welcome in Bloomington. More information at visitbloomington.com. It's time to hear what's good, what's bad, and what's ugly at the multiplexes and at the art house. Warehouse, farmhouse, hen house, outhouse, or doghouse in that area. You'll also hear about new and old films, Blu-ray, and on DVD. Plus, you'll hear all the latest Hollywood gossip. I don't care! Okay, maybe not the latter, but it is time for film sociology with WFYI's film guru. Kaiser Shizzy! No, that's Matthew Sosa. It's such a fine line between stupid and, and clever, yes. Let's see how thin the line is. Here's your host, Matthew Sosa. Boppers, welcome to Film Sociology, a film talk show here on WFYI HD to the Point and WFYI.org. If you have a question or a comment, you can email me at msoce, that's M-S-O-C-E-Y at WFYI.org. I'm also on Facebook, also on Twitter at Matthew Sosi. The show is available as a podcast. It's also available on iTunes. And we have a blog, which someday we'll update at filmsociology.tumblr.com The voice you just heard is a man who can air drum and air Fender Rhodes at the same time. That's a yep. very special set of skills. <laughs> it's Kobe Slagle. Less people in the band, everybody gets a bigger cut. That's true. Thank you, <laughs> thank you, Otis. And uh, joining us on Air Bass, do we have his... Do we have his uh, oh, man, yeah. Y- y- you see him in here. I know, and see, I looked for it, but I thought we you were going to You got caught up in the about, excitement of the yeah, air band. I thought we were going to be talking about air bass. The air, you know, the yeah, the uh, the WFYI Air Orchestra. You know who's here? They, they open. Lawrence, Lawrence <laughs> of Arabia. He's an English guy. He came to fight the Turkish. Okay, Clark, right there. That's what I'm talking about. Lawrence of Arabia doesn't have any lyrics to it. Doesn't have any words. What do you mean doesn't have lyrics? It's music. To it. It's music. And I've seen the movie four times. And there were no words, words to it. <laughs> what do you there are no words to that. There are, hey, you, some, did you hear what I was saying earlier? Somewhere <laughs> I know that somebody I think wrote lyrics to this song. Mike Perry's in the house. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Uh, <laughs> So as you're saying, Mike, Mike apparently has joined the WFYI Air Orchestra. They're going to be opening for Kobe Slagle e his Los Band. <laughs> and if you, you you can't see it on a this I think there was a reason why we don't have a. You can't uh, get tickets to this. It's sold out. Yeah, and uh, there's a reason why don't we don't have try. the we don't have a webcam in the uh, in the studio for good reason. But that's okay. <laughs> and Mike's going to fill us in on a major event that happened that uh, I could not go to. Kobe could not oh, go to. Oh yes. But there is a repeat broadcast of it i believe tuesday tuesday of uh riff tracks treatment of the room which is happening at a fathom event at your local theater go check out fathom events or uh riff tracks to find out where you can endure the room i can't wait (laughs) enduring is a good word it is a good word um opening in theaters this week hot pursuit would you see a road movie with sofia vergara and reese witherspoon no no a female version of Midnight Run, as it sound, as it looks like and sounds like, if maybe, it, maybe if it were Melissa McCarthy and Sofia Vergara, really, maybe, okay. maybe, but uh, nothing I've seen from the trailers is going to get me into the theater to see that. There you go. Nothing over there, Cobe. How about no. Far from the Matting Crowd? Is as Bianca brought that up yet? No, she has the, not. The Marm has. We'll probably go see that sometime this weekend. That means that's it's <laughs> news is coming coming down your way soon, Mr. Slagle. <laughs> How do we see this? It's Daisy. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> 
Anytime I see a trailer for a period piece film, I immediately think of the Slagles. Yeah. I, I'm going to hang out with Frank that night. <laughs> Why don't you go with your mom? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Opening in theaters. However, I did see today uh, the Academy Award nominated documentary. This is the other thing. I thought uh, I thought we were once the Oscar season was done. And of course, the uh, age of Voltron invaded theaters. Avengers. That w- <laughs> Have you gone yet? No. Are you, have you set a date? No. No? Don't know if I'll see it. Wow. Yeah. That's that's a pretty bold statement. <laughs> yeah, I have <laughs> Yeah, I have things to do. I, I, you'll probably be the only one left in the country. I mean, my wife even wants to go see this. I didn't see I didn't see Avatar in theaters. What's wrong with you? That's the only place to see Avatar. <laughs> yeah, that that's one that's kind of worth. I still not made it through 3. Avatar. Guess what? The the blue people win. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. It's for a bu- <laughs> No, it's fine. Um, there's other films for him to see because eventually we will have the Phoenix Rise that is what is Kobe watching. It's lying dormant. But don't worry. You, here's the beauty. You keep you keep listening to the show, maybe next week. <laughs> <laughs> right, right after they update the, the blog. That's right, right after we update the blog. Oh, gosh. Anyway, um, what, and since we are now in the midst of summer blockbuster season in early May um, – I, th- I thought we were done with having Oscar-nominated films come to our fair city, but I was wrong because mm-hmm. one of the uh, nominees for Best Documentary, The Salt of the Earth, is in town. And it's the uh, and it's uh, basically, and I'm going to butcher this, so I, I apologize, but it's the, uh, the life and work of photographer Sebastio Salgado. And uh, this was something that was done by his son as well as film director Vin Vendors. So, uh, do we have the uh, do we have audio for this? Yes, we do. And uh, I love trailers of documentaries. We will not break this one down. I I actually like this film. So, <laughs> <laughs> this no, this is a good. One. You is need a, to hear this. Yeah, you need to hear this. Okay. A photographer is literally somebody drawing with light. A man writing and rewriting the world with lights and shadows. Quand j'arrivais au bord de cet immense trou, j'ai senti dérouler devant moi quelques fractions de seconde l'histoire de l'humanité, l'histoire des constructions de pyramides, la tour de Babel, les mines du roi Salomon. Little did I know that I was going to discover much more than just a photographer. So one thing I knew already about this Sebastiao Salgado, he really cared about people. After all, people are the salt of the earth. On est un animal très féroce. On est un animal terrible, nous les humains. Notre histoire, c'est l'histoire de guerre. C'est une histoire sans fin, histoire folle. Je crois qu'on peut mettre beaucoup de photographes différents dans le même endroit. Ils feront toujours des photos très différentes. Ils forment leur manière de voir, chacun, en fonction de son histoire. You know, you really need subtitles, if you're. <laughs> Which is great for radio. <laughs> yeah, but I love the fact that it's, it, we have a uh, we have a documentary trailer in another language, which I of course love to play here at Film Social. So yeah, Salt of the Earth, not about the, so- the song by the Rolling Stones, which is still pretty cool. Um, but interesting enough, while watching this, Kobe, Kobe, you you responded verbally. Yeah. Uh, there's a there's a footage, and it's early on in the film, of guys basically working in a pit. Mm-hmm. Climbing down, and I mean hundreds, if not thousands, of workers going up and down these pits, digging for months and months on end, if not years. Um, ladies and gentlemen, the film this should get um, yeah, this should get uh, the the typical. Well, I think I think you said it on here a couple weeks ago where uh, when something is described as visually stunning. I mean, it's it usually it's, means it's, boring as hell, but this is not the case with this. Yeah, um, the work this gentleman has done, the man's traveled the globe and and has photographed some of the most beautiful as well as some of the most heartbreaking images that we have on this planet. 
And uh, if anything else, the the film may at times does feel like it's a well shot slide presentation. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Mike, you're old enough to remember when we would get harassed. We, people would be threatened with the slideshow. You would go to somebody's house and and get the oh, yeah. slideshow of their vacation to Minneapolis, as opposed to you know like in our classrooms when we were kids. Cause, the AV because I was the v- AV guy. You so were the AV. It guy. gave me something to do, so I didn't mind the slideshow. Right. Well, school. this this is kind of a more refined version of that because there. I mean, there is a lot of amazing photography that's shown, and you also get to see how some of these pictures were done. Uh, something as simple as rolling, slowly, gently rolling on the ground to get shots of polar bears that are fairly close mm-hmm. without getting uh, more. And, yeah, Vendors does have kind of a Herzogian uh, voiceover, um, which I'm all for, of course, because that should be we – sh- we still need pledge breaks by the likes of Werner Herzog and Vin Vendors. <laughs> um, but it also shows that after a while, some of the atrocities, especially some of the stuff that, ha- that was happening in Africa – that it it finally does take a toll on a guy. Um, one of the things that Ed Johnsonot, my uh, my colleague at Nuvo, and you should read Ed's review of this uh, in Nuvo. But one of the things that was brought up, and I and I know it, it goes back to being something as a Sam Kinison joke about when you are photographing death and famine and suffering, what does a photographer do? You know, can a photographer do something? And uh, that's something, you know, and it's, especially, you know, the, the old bit was, well, I bet the filmmakers have a sandwich. I mean, that's the Sam Kennison bit. Sorry. But it does. But what it brings up is, you know, how involved do you get? And after a while, it it got to this guy. It, it got to Salgado. And then he changed projects to show more life, uh, life affirming material. That's also here on. on I mean, and, and projects that take months, if not years to create. And uh, so anyway, if if you're into heavy visuals and uh, a really uh, the the look of an artist at an artist and his heart, this is definitely worth checking out. Yes, 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 yes. So, I mean, at the very least, and Ed even said, you know, if you think your life sucks here at, (laughs) you know, here at floor two of the WFYI building or out in Broad Ripple or wherever – uh, you should really watch this and shut up. Oh man, so, I'm so I, eager to see it now. You, you should. No, I'm, you I'm should, just going to sit over here in the in the corner in the fetal in position. In a fetal position. Yeah, but it's it's you know it's it's not a it's not a David Lynch picture as far as the, that type of curling in the fetal position. Well, at least with a David Lynch film, you get a healthy dose of crazy too. <laughs> well, there is somebody who actually uh, came out on DVD that uh, apparently studied Mr. Lynch's work, and we'll get that in a little bit. Also, uh, folks, just a reminder: a little later on in the show, because uh, Kobe's alma mater has been showing the films of Orson Welles, it's a great excuse for to play my cl- my chat with uh, filmmaker Peter Bogdanovich, which happened uh, several years ago when the IMA showed uh, Orson Welles's Touch of Evil. So there are references to uh, Crazy Heart, Jeff Bridges' films. <laughs> yeah, it's that old an interview, but okay. it's still it's still fun nonetheless. Anyway, Salt of the Earth is is definitely working out at Keystone Arts. Um, what have you, Mike? You've wa- caught up on some stuff, yes? Uh, Maybe some. some uh, excuse me. Uh, we uh, we did check out the Avengers last weekend, and uh, I'm not much of a Marvel guy; I'm more of a DC guy. So uh-huh. there's some of the references that are kind of lost on me. But if you just want to go for some mindless, exploding entertainment. You can't do better than a Marvel movie w- with the Avengers in it. Um, I mean, it's it's almost nonstop action. There are a couple of places where they tr- try to slow down, do some character stuff, but it doesn't last very long. And the, Character things happen. And the character stuff doesn't really stick. So. They say, this isn't working, let's blow some stuff up. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, but I, I mean, there, there were some parts of it I really enjoyed. I, I, I really liked that they took some time with Hawkeye in this film because yeah. he's like the, the lost Avenger. You yeah, don't know anything about it. Because watching the first one, I'm like, wow, Jeremy Renner's in this. I'm like, wow, he didn't have squat to do. Right. And I'm like, oh, here's why. Okay, <laughs> that's fine. Yeah, good. utilize your Jeremy Renner when you have him in a film, please. But you also, you almost now need a some a sort of cross-referencing. Uh, Previously on The Avengers. <laughs> yeah, to, to catch you up on what's happening in the movies versus what's happening in the TV show and where they cross over and and uh, and and what the heck the Infinity Stones are and all you, that. You know some things. basement dwellers already done that, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure. And which should hopefully soon be on Great Job Internet. Yep. <laughs> now that said, great fight scenes, great humor. 
Um, I'll, I'll, I'll honestly be sorry to see Robert Downey leave the franchise after the next couple movies or something. I think he's doing one more Avengers and I, a Captain America movie, and then that's about it. Wow, really. okay. I know uh, Hugh Jackman just announced that the next Wolverine will be his last, as yeah. far as last stuff. Un- unless, well, they, unless they just send him another ridiculous check and say, <laughs> come on. Well, that makes some sense, though, because Wolverine's supposed to be like 100 years old, so you kind of need to refresh that character with a, a, a younger actor every so often if, if, if he's going to have any staying power. That's true. So... So we'll see about that. And th- and then of course we did Rift Tracks. Uh, uh, you know what? Let's 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 dive into that now. Uh, Rift. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's do that because you, you are basically you have two things that you should see this week: uh, Salt of the Earth and Rift Tracks treatment of the room. <laughs> nothing going on at IU Cinema. Uh, no, that's not true. That's not, we'll get to. Oh, the, there isn't. No, there's nothing. Oh, going I thought on you were being IU snide. Nope, sorry, sorry, going IU. On at sorry, IU Cinema. There's. Nothing. Oh, sorry, because uh, schools. Schools. Schools out. Schools out. Uh, nothing going on at the um, IMA yet. Oh, so here, ladies and gentlemen, show's over. There you go. There's two <laughs> things you need to see. No, could you? Um, could you? Can we check the Tibbs and yep. uh, the Shelbyville drive-in? Uh, but yeah, see, there there really isn't anything else. So uh, yeah, Rift Tracks treatment of the room, which by the way, um, new material because uh, there is one of the best MP3s of Rift Tracks is their treatment of the room. Yeah. And uh, and you got to see it with the Marm in theaters. You said you, you had a very interesting de- fact of uh, the uh, demographics. We were by far the uh, the <laughs> oldest couple in the room. Now you know how I felt when I watched it with Kobe at IU. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine what that. It's was, so nice that you're here like. with your dad. <laughs> but on the upside, you know, when 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 I saw it at at Keystone, at, at one of the midnight showings. You know, you had people throwing plastic utensils all over the place Dressed. and shouting. There was none of that during this screening. I mean, it's like people were were really wanting to hear what these guys had to say, and and most of them were fans of the of, of the movie. Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't. Were they, were they, was anybody dressed? No, I didn't notice anybody dressed. See, I I wondered. I, I mean, there was a part of me I, I want to see it. I cannot because I'm in rehearsal, but um, but I really wanted to see it. With an audience, and I was wondering if there, because you know, it's like Kobe and I have joked, and this has happened where you go to Rocky Horror, and this this was when I was in high school and college, and there would just be one guy just not there for the right reasons, and he's had a few, and he would throw f bombs, not those f bombs, the other ones when watching Rocky Horror, and and they just kind of put a damper on the whole thing. So I wondered if they were the audience would leave it to the pros. No, everyone was well behaved. And, and and that's it, exactly it. They 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 let they let the guys do their thing. They let the rift track guys do their thing. That's cool. And so you know, it, of course, the the movie, the the room is a movie that you can enjoy on several levels. You know, it, it's the Lord knows we have so bad it's funny <laughs> yep. level. But then you go and and listen to what the and listen to what these guys have to say about it, and, and it was just funny on a whole other level, and. And yeah, they're saying the things that when you saw the room the first time, you were probably thinking in your head. But there were a few gems that, that came out. Of that one that stuck out in my mind were, were their references to the repeated scenic shots of San Francisco yes. and how many times we need to see the the, the bridge. Yep. And they made a comment uh, that uh, the the Golden Gate jumped off of itself <laughs> after seeing itself in the in the room. Um, but yeah, anything that you can imagine could be made fun of this movie. They hit, and, and they they knock several of them out of the park. Uh, you know, for Mystery Science Theater not being on the air anymore, this is a nice, healthy, uh, you know, kind of refreshment as, as to uh, what that sh- series was about. Uh, I kind of missed the robots, to be honest, but uh, still, they they were they were dead on. Uh, funny throughout the whole thing, and uh, if if you get a chance to see it before or, uh, during its repeat on Tuesday, do absolutely. I wish I wish PBS was showing more Mr. Science Theater. Yeah, well, well, we just got the four. Okay, yeah, I know. I I was we, honestly when I first heard that we were carrying it, I thought it was going to be more of a regular thing. So we'll, I guess that's a start. Uh, I, this is you know peeling back the fourth wall. There were only four offered. Ah, well. So we got the ones that they were offering. Okay. Right. Well, I, 
And, and thanks I'm, to everybody who watched. Them. Yes, I'm speaking for you, the people. I would love to. Because I had more. to, con- I, I had to work on our program director to to, to buy it. Wow. Should we get this? Yes. <laughs> well, why you're even asking? Of course, you should get it. That's, this is why I'm not allowed on the first floor. <laughs> Heck yeah, you should. So so cool. That's so you, go. you have you have rift tracks treatment of the room, and you have to the earth. And, yes, and, sir. and get there early because the the little uh, satirical things they do at the beginning. Like, oh, they oh, make fun of the. They the, make all the the trivia yeah. and the stuff that you, that usually is up. The, on. the funniest one is, is is the word jumbles, the anagrams. Yeah, and it's so clearly Tommy Wiseau, but when they reveal the answer, this is just one of them. So spoiler alert: it spells out M Night Shyamalan. <laughs> nice. That pretty much set the tone for the rest of the evening. And it was crowded. Yes, it w- it was booked. We we uh, were lucky, and we we got our tickets off of Fandango in advance, or we wouldn't have gotten in. Man, so yeah, please more of that, Kobe. Since there's nothing yep. happening at your alma mater, there's mm-hmm. they're going into the. I love this is the time of year where colleges are going into the transition of academic year to summer vibe. Yeah, <laughs> summer dorm, summer dorm, summer apartment. Yeah, y'all, you guys leave so we can just have a quiet, quiet summer. Yeah. Go go to Players Pub, watch the hippies dance. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, what is happening at the drive-ins? We have not one but two options. That's right. At Tibbs, here we go. Screen one, movie one. We got the Avengers followed up by Disney Nature Monkey Kingdom. Really? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't imagine seeing that film in the drive-in, but good for them. Kay. Okay. That's Screen two, sure. we got Furious 7 and Unfriended. Okay. Which Ed, Ed Johnson, I gave that a good review. Kobe will not see it. Screen three. <laughs> Hot Pursuit and Get Hard. Yeah, I suppose. Comedy duo, double feature. Yeah, one for the girls, one for the guys. Screen yep. four, Cinderella and Paul Blart two. No, why? <laughs> no, why would you? Why would you pair those up? And the because Sky- the kids will go to sleep after. after I Cinderella. suppose. My gosh, Yeesh. okay. Skyline. Yep. Event. Uh, two people doing this: Avengers and the Monkey Kingdom. Okay. But then... Well, they're both Disney movies, so it makes true. sense. true. Fair enough, yeah. The throwback. Yeah. Psycho from Texas. Ooh. Ooh. Let me guess. 1973? 81. 81. Oh, sorry. So that's not a Rick Perry documentary? <laughs> no, it is. It's not a biopic? <laughs> wow. What's, what's it say? A drifter slash hitman is hired by a local businessman to kidnap the local oil baron. <laughs> the hitman had been... Reared in a squalor, suffering the abuses of his whoring mama when the Baron escapes. It says whoring on the drive-in website? Yep. Wow. The little, uh, the little picture here says, he hunts women, his knife tells him to. Psycho from Texas. <laughs> you got to go see that. Come on. <laughs> That's at 1 a.m., I think, on Saturday. Yep. John King the third, Herschel Mays, Tommy Lamey. I see. I like. I. I. I've never even heard of this. So I love that. Kudos for them to pull out old, old, obscure stuff at the drive-in because that's what you should do. <laughs> well, yes, absolutely, you should. Psycho from Texas. Psycho, Psycho from, Texas. from Texas. We might have to find that. That's cool. You <laughs> <laughs> have to have a whole series on those. And where is that playing? That, that's in that's Shelbyville. Shelby. That's in Shelbyville. Mm-hmm. See, it might, it might almost be worth the drive. I think so. Once again, we are working on the campaign of having the film sociology crew <laughs> hitting the drive-in. And, of course, hopefully very soon, um, uh, Landmark Theater, Landmark Arts. I was going to say, still waiting on the Still waiting on the, that. Mm-hmm. That's not, you know, so fingers crossed. But, uh, yeah. And I think, we're about oh, a month away from uh, IMA starting up their summer nights with National Lampoon's Vacation June 5th. I saw the trailer for the remake. Uh, uh, uh. Uh, it's got your guy Ed Helms. Oh yeah, and Christina Applegate. There, sir. I'm already thinking of scenes involving Beverly D'Angelo that hopefully uh, Ms. Applegate is involved in. But yeah, I don't. Mm. I didn't. I didn't ask for this. No. Did no. we need it? No. Was there, really. were, was there a big push to get this remade? With- you know what? We blame people younger than Kobe. <laughs> Not you personally, sir. Just people younger than you. So thanks, younger people. I mean, at least with the Ghostbusters, they're putting a, a, a new twist on it. Females. <clears throat> yes. Okay. That's something, anyway. <laughs> that is something. I mean, compared is, compared te- to Vacation. Technically, I mean, that is something. That's something. So we're acknowledging that it exists. <laughs> All right. Let's take a short break, 
and we'll talk about some films that are on uh, DVD and Blu-ray. We have Dead People We Like. There's a That Guy I want to highlight based oh, on a yeah, film I watched. Yeah, that guy. We should we should record that so we have a segment intro. Oh, yeah, that guy. <laughs> and uh, and then my, my chat with Peter Bogdanovich because IU Cinema was showing uh, Orson Welles stuff, but now it's not because school's out. You're listening to Film Sociology, a film talk show here on WFYI HD2 The Point and WFYI.org. about either one of them. I find it's best to stay out of other people's affairs. You know who I can do without? I can do without the people in the video store. Which ones? All of them. What would you get for a six-year-old boy who chronically wets his bed? So do you have any new movies in? Do you have that one with that guy who was in that movie that was out last year? They never rent quality flicks. They always pick the most intellectually devoid movie on the racks. Ooh, Navy Seals! It's like in order to join, they have to have an IQ less than their shoe size. Just go, just go open the video store. Yeah, open the video store. Blockbuster video. Wow, what a difference. Well, in case you didn't see it, here it is again. <laughs> Welcome back to Film Sociology, a film talk show here on WFYI HD2 The Point and WFYI.org. The Raptors are out of the playoffs, right? They are done. So, yeah, Tyler's got time to They've been done. work in the newsroom. He can see the Avengers now. Yeah, he can. <laughs> <laughs> think he's yeah. You think he's calling uh, Ben, his brother Ben Hansborough, collect going. Uh, you're in another country. I'm watching Avengers. <laughs> Fool. It's because you suck. <laughs> so anyway, Kobe Slago, Mike Perry, hanging out with me. New on DVD and Blu-ray, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, normally, Blu-rays and DVDs are released on Tuesday, unless you want to do a special promotion, publicity, and in. Release it on a non-Tuesday. No, get out. I know. <laughs> and it's happening. It happened today. Ladies and gentlemen, now on DVD and Blu-ray, Fifty Shades of Grey. No, get out. <laughs> so um, let's check in as husbands. Um, my wife doesn't care. My wife would like to see it. And I, I, I think I determined that it would probably be best to watch this at home. So we'll probably rent it or get it on demand or something. But Kobe? Yeah. Ferris Wheat Bianca has seen it. No word on whether or not Ferris Wheat Bianca wants to go buy it. Who did she see it with? Me. You went? Mm-hmm. You all right? Yeah, made it through. Do anything? What? Did it do anything? No. No? Okay. This and I will say this: if I, I would say, and I don't think it's going to happen in his house, but I believe if Mr. Shabazz was here, that uh, you know she, he would ha- he would get to pick the next five <laughs> in that sort of thing. Um, Bianca liked it. Yeah, you liked it. Uh, no. <laughs> okay, just I'm, coming I'm, straight at you, man. Yeah, I know, and I'm, I'm I'm trying not to ask particular questions about said sub. Okay. Wow. What, what, Wait, was he just not your Christian or, or what? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, Ms. Johnson doesn't uh, doesn't light the uh, light the screen up. No, just nothing nothing about it. And by the way, a little a little combination of inside the info here at Film Sociality. One of our one of our favorite regulars when she can is Stacy Studeville. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, those who longtime listeners of the show, we love longtime listeners and short time listeners. Um, we just love listeners. We do. But, uh, but as you know, uh, Stacy, not a fan of Twilight, not a fan of Miss Stewart. Chris Stewart, mm-hmm. big time. Extreme hatred. I believe the term is with the heat of a thousand suns. <laughs> she does not like Kristen Stewart. And and part no, of No, don't sugarcoat it. Tell us how you really feel. She oh Stacy will, you know that. But now part of it is But she's not in this. I'm getting to that. Is part of it is the reason why she doesn't like Stewart is especially when it's part of the Hollywood publicity thing, Kristen Stewart doesn't look like always looks like she's never having a, a good time. Right. And, and and I can hear Stacy from her office scream, you're an actress, act like you're having a good time. Wash your hair. Stand up straight. You know, she's a mom now. You stand yeah. up straight. Look like you're having a good time. Um and she she will she will say this, I think, to her dying day about about Miss Stewart. Uh according to Stacy, Dakota Johnson's starting to join starting to join that league. Oh. Of uh if you saw her at the Oscars with uh with her mom, mm-hmm. Melanie Griffith, and her new face. Um her most recent face. Most recent face. <laughs> that that there is that kind of slumpy attitude and really? it's kind of a chore. So Yeah, she's kinda of giving that vibe on SNL too. Yeah, be be on the lookout for that. So uh it, and I know the next time Stacy is in she will probably rant about uh, Dakota Johnson. So anyway, but I know she's not disheveled and and, and unwashed uh, those are Stacy's words, not mine. Uh, in in the film Fifty Shades of Grey, which is now out on DVD and Blu-ray, so you can watch it tonight and then go to your child's commencement because <laughs> it's college weekend. <laughs> yeah, because what else are you going to? Kobe, Kobe, okay, this is a portion. This is an old school, but Kobe is now googling old young chicks. <laughs> no, I looked up Dakota Johnson at the Oscars and looking for this like slumpy. I'm not having a good time thing. Well, there was also a there was also a uh, red carpet interview with her and her mom, and the interviewer asked Melanie Griffith if she, she had she seen the film yet, and she said no, and mom was <laughs> and daughter was not amused. Ooh. And I didn't, not so much that she didn't see the film, but it's like, I don't want to talk about this film with my mom. Then why did you invite your mom to the Academy Awards? And then your mom and dad to SNL. Oh, really? They both were on? Yeah. yeah they, they had him planted in the in the audience during her monologue. Oh, my gosh. And uh, she's, she's, she's recognizing him, and, and they're just saying, we're just glad you have your clothes on, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Don. Thanks, Melanie. Okay. So, anyway, that's that's out on DVD and Blu-ray. Cobe, fill us in if uh, if you come home and there's a copy of it. Okay. Frank's pawing at it. <laughs> but, honey, the playoffs are on. <sighs> <laughs> yep. So, all right. That's out. So, but, all right, let's go back to the regular films that came out on DVD this week on a Tuesday, like a proper <laughs> like proper cinema should, apparently. We, we don't like our world to be rocked, guys. That's don't, right. Our don't f- release this stuff on Fridays. <laughs> Or as Jonathan Holden always tells me, I don't like change. <laughs> um, new on DVD and Blu-ray this week, uh, the Oscar-nominated film Selma. Uh, a good film. A, a, a very good film. Not a great film. It's flawed. It's <laughs> <laughs> But there's that thing. If, if, you don't, if you don't agree that it should have been nominated, then you're, you have problems. Right. That's not entirely the case. It is. I will say, Kobe. Yeah, the flaw in the fact that it's flawed. It is does feel like a textbook at times, but good performances. Um, a good song. Good song. Well deserved for winning best song. Um, hard to watch as far as obviously with the brutality that happened uh, down down there. But uh, and 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 that's the other thing is I'm hoping that younger people, the same younger people that wanted the uh, the vacation remake, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully young people will get more awareness of that point in history. I, we all knew that this, this point in history happened. So anyway, but it's good film, not a great film. What is a great film for me is Mike Lee's film, Mr. Turner, starring Timothy Spall, who I, I think people talking about David Oyelowo should have been nominated for best actor. And I always say the thing, well, you know, with all due respect to his work, who do you replace? Um, I would love to have seen, um, Timothy Spall nominated for Mr. Turner, which is about, based on the life of, I think it's J.W. Turner, the famed uh, British painter. Mm-hmm. It's Mike Lee's version of the biopic and the the tortured artist. You know, not not the nicest guy in the world that you want to you know spend time with, but as the film goes on, and it's a slow film, but a nice. It's a slow paced film, but it's not a slow film. 
Um, you find out more about him. He's terrible with his family, but he's great with strangers. He's not great with the arts com- art community, but he makes some some absolutely wonderful, beautiful artwork. Um, I really, really enjoyed this, and I hope more people check it out. Um, also out is Black or White, the one with Kevin Costner versus Octavia Spencer fighting over the test of their grand. <laughs> two, 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 grandpa- two grandparents enter, one grandparent leaves. Two Oscar-winning grandparents, by the way. Uh, yes, that's true. Um, we have uh, Black Sea with uh, Jude Law and a uh, guy I want to bring up, that guy Ben Mendelsohn, which I'll talk about in a little bit. That came out earlier this year. Kind of a fun, no-thinky B-movie set in a submarine uh, going for... Uh, it's kind of you know Crimson Tide meets Treasure of Sierra or Treasure Sierra Madre in a submarine. What a category! What's that? A fun no thinky B movie in a submarine. <laughs> yes, there aren't that many of those. <laughs> yeah, it, the it, uh, it's not starring Kristen Stewart, so I think we're good. Yep the uh, the musical the last five years with uh, Anna Kendrick, so that'll get you ready for P- Pitch Perfect two. Right. Oh, is she in that movie? All I see is is Rebel Wilson. Or- is it Rebel Wilson? Yeah. No, she's in it as well. Yeah. And then uh, I actually got to watch the film produced, co-produced, written, and directed by Ryan Gosling called Lost River. If you if you took a modern-day Dickens story and add a little flair of uh, of David Lynch, that's that's this film. With uh, Christina Hendricks, Eva Mendes, Ben Mendelsohn, uh, Shows Ronan, Matt Smith, for you fans of Doctor Who, and Ian D. Kexter, hope I'm saying that right, who is Leo Fitz in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. You had me at Christina Hendricks. I know. she's she. It's set in, it's set in a dilapidated Detroit, as if there's any other. <laughs> I said it before you. But she's a mom that's behind in her rent. There's the smarmy bank manager, played by Ben Mendelsohn, who gets her a job at an underground burlesque house that likes to combine elements of burlesque and horror genres, horror films. There's a scene, a very disturbing scene, where Eva Mendes is on stage doing a number, and then she's stabbed through the chest. But it's part of the show, if you're into that sort of thing. There is a disturbing sequence of Christina Hendricks's character. Uh, it looks like it's, she's applying makeup when it's actually a scalpel. Ooh. Yeah. There's, again, this, and her son is being chased by a bully played by Matt Smith, who is not bully, the crime lord. He's known as the bully. And uh, it, it's 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 unnerving to watch at times. So mm. I would I think it's a good way to describe it. And, and I don't know why Ryan Gosling made this, but he did. It's fine. Because he could. Because he could. And he's got people like Eva Mendes and Christina Hendricks willing to work for him. Um but but it is disturbing at times. I was it helped me in suspense, but I don't think it's for everyone. But uh, you want might want because I'll I'll watch anything Christina Hendricks does. We will. Um, <laughs> so I would say you rent it, but probably probably watch it by yourself. But not for those reasons that it, I may just made it sound. What what reasons are that? Because <laughs> it's Christina and that's right, it. Okay. So anyway, <clears throat> that is out there. Um, old titles on Blu-ray. Because uh, because Mad Max is opening next week, I know they've reissued, I think, all three films on Blu-ray. You can also get them as a collection. Universal has is, is unleashed their uh, Steven Spielberg films, which are the ones you don't always think about, like 1941, Duel, Munich, Always, and Sugarland Express. Duel was one of the creepiest movies, period, not alone just TV movies. And I always remember that I've ever seen. Dennis Weaver spoke at, at, uh, at my college. The Ball State University, yeah. my senior year, and he still bragged that he is the only actor whose name was above a Steven Spielberg film. <laughs> and if you see Duel, which yeah. is basically Dennis Weaver chased by a truck, yeah, I mean this, the, and this kind of lays the foundation for Jaws. It's it's really well done. Yeah, it's it's for for because you know TV movie has a stigma, still does. Yeah, but man, that's a creepy film. That that one did so well that they ended up releasing it in theaters. Kobe, man being chased by a truck in the daytime. Um, maybe is there somebody in the truck? You don't. Yeah, but you never see. You him. never see him. That's part of the mystery. That's weird. I don't know. Probably not. <sighs> this might be, be this might be silver stakes material. Oh yeah, Silver Stakes game. Okay, because I gotta, I, my luck's gotta change some year, some generation. Um, for this one's for a fair sweet Bianca, since I I poked fun at it earlier. Uh, new on Blu-ray, On the Town, Gene Kelly, Frank Sinatra. Oh 
Oh, yes, yes, Yeah, yes. the guy, the sailors in New York, but yeah. also... And, and the third guy. And the third guy. As well as uh, Anchors Away. Yep. Uh, you can also get Robin and the Seven Hoods on Blu-ray if you need mm-hmm. a clearer picture of the Rat Pack with Bing Crosby. Uh, the Sergio Leone uh, collection that uh, is put out by MGM Warner, uh, MGM UA. So it's the the, spe- the three Clint Eastwood films and Duck You Sucker with uh, Rod Steiger and James Coburn. Uh, also on Blu-ray, and I, I always reference this film all the time when it comes to wandering the earth forever and being cursed, Lady Hawk. <laughs> That's see, I'm I, as a Lions fan, I'll be wandering the earth like Lady Hawk. Forever cursed. <laughs> Rutger Hauer, Michelle Pfeiffer, Matthew. Young, Ma- young Matthew Broderick, directed by uh, Richard Donner. So that is out there as well. Okay, we have, and also I wanted to yeah, mention Ben Mendelsohn, who is in Black Sea. He is in Lost River. And as, as we're putting it, we, we eventually we'll have the segment, oh, yeah, it's that, oh, guy. that guy. Australian actor. The first thing I noticed him in of note was the 2010 Australian crime thriller Animal Kingdom. Okay. Which was the one with Guy Pierce, Jackie Weaver earned an Academy her first Academy Award nomination for that, and since then has been in films like Trespass. That was the uh, home invasion thriller with Nicole Kidman and Nicolas Cage, okay, yeah. directed by Joel Schumacher. He was John Daggett in The Dark Knight Rises, uh, Killing Them Softly. He appeared in The Place Beyond the Pines, and uh, so I was also trying. So once I see somebody as a that guy, and I remembered their name. You know, like I said, Animal Kingdom was the first thing I knew him in. What did What did he do before that? You're like, oh yeah, he was in that too. Like I sound like Linda Belcher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, right. Um, knowing the Nicolas Cage paying off his debt action film, Australia, the Baz Luhrmann uh, epic with Nicole mm-hmm. Kidman and, and uh, uh, Hugh, Jack- Hugh Jackman. Thank you. Um, the New World, the Terrence Malick film, um, Vertical Limit. Remember that, the Martin Campbell, uh, Chris O'Donnell mountain movie? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a long time ago on that. Um, let see, Love Brokers, Cossie, Sirens. That was the one with uh, Elle McPherson. Yeah. And, uh, I, knew you, I know you know that one. Uh, Quigley Down Under. Uh, really? Yep. Back in the Plato Flynn. And Map of the Human Heart. How so, old is this guy? He's, he's my age. He's 46. I was going to say he didn't. He's a little older than me. Doesn't so. seem that old. No. And, uh, okay, we have some dead people we like because we don't have time for dead people <laughs> we don't like. Um, yeah, Grace we, Grace Lee Whitney from Star Trek as uh, Yeoman Janice Rand. So she was yeah. the blonde that was in the first eight episodes. With the, with the parquet braids. With the parquet yeah. braids. And and really only did Star Trek films of no. She did TV before Star Trek. But, but anyway, we like her. Uh, Michael Blake, who uh, won an Oscar for adapting his novel into a film, Dances with Wolves. Mm. And Just watched that again the other day. Yeah? Yeah. It's, it still holds up, really. I might have to watch it again, maybe. And uh, that lady, Ellen Albertini Dow, who died at the age of 101. Wow. You know her as the rapping grandma from The Wedding Singer. Oh, that lady. That lady, yes. She was in Wedding Crashers, the two Sister Act movies, Road Trip, Patch Adams, Body Slam, Munchies. My Blue Heaven, Memoirs of an Invisible Man, Radioland Murders. But this was cool. She earned a master's degree in theater from Cornell University, moved to New York, studied dance with Martha Graham, and studied acting with Uta Hagen, and was Hmm. part of the Yiddish theater troupe. This is all back in the 1940s and 50s. But she got a, hey, she got a robot in the New York Times. Not bad. Right. Not bad. Salute. All right, ladies and gentlemen, because IU uh, did a retrospect on the films of Orson Welles, I got to speak with director Peter Bogdanovich many, many moons ago. This in the F. Murray Abraham interview kind of made helped make film sociology a real show, <laughs> a real program. But uh, the IMA many moons ago showed uh, the Orson Welles film Touch of Evil, and here's my chat with Peter Bogdanovich. Tell us about the first time you got to see Touch of Evil. It opened in 1958 in New York. I was living in Manhattan. It opened on the either the top or the bottom half of a double bill, which uh, is the way pictures that the studios didn't think much of opened for the days. It opened in a lot of theaters at once, which in those days was an insult. Now it's the way every film is done, but in those days, if you opened a film on a double bill, Double bill, meaning two films, an A picture and a B picture, playing at the, what they used to call the neighborhood theaters or the names. Mm-hmm. 
uh, that was considered that the picture was being thrown away, and that's how it opened uh, in New York. <clears throat> I went to the first screening. It was about 1 o'clock in the afternoon. I went with a good friend of mine. We enjoyed it. We loved it. Just slipped out, and there was hardly anybody in the theater, and the reviews were poor. <clears throat> the same day, my father brought... Same day, just a couple of days later or before, my father was a painter and an artist and kind of an intellectual type. And um, he used to bring back uh, art magazines. He'd go and buy art magazines. He brought back a French newspaper called Ah, A-R-T-S. And on the front page was an inter was a long piece by Francois Truffaut. Uh, with a picture from Touch of Evil and calling it Wells' Masterpiece. So I thought, well, there's a little difference between Paris and New York, I guess. <laughs> you were, were you a Wells fan already at the time? Yeah, I, otherwise I wouldn't have gone to see it until early in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> I say, how much, how much impact did he have on you as, as a filmmaker? How much influence did he have on you as a filmmaker? I mean, obviously, besides enough coming to Indianapolis to talk about it. Well, I mean, he had more influence on me as a personality than directly as a filmmaker because uh, we're very different in terms of the way we make pictures. But he had a he um, he opened my vision a lot and uh, made me realize that nothing had to be set in stone. You could prepare a picture, but leave yourself open to the possibility that something better might come along on the day you're shooting or just before the camera turns. He, he was, um, he kept to a kind of freshness with the actors. He also was very, very um, gregarious and uh, open and funny on the set. Now, I was the same way, so we had that in common. But uh, Seeing Orson do it uh, kind of validated it for me. I, I think also he, you know, his films were events, and and also the fact that the filmmaker got to be a a star, a brand or a star product. And and I remember as a kid, I mean, you you were in the same boat with with directors like Coppola and Scorsese. It was a a Peter Bogdanovich film. No matter who was in it, it was the main thing was that it was your film as a director. Well, that became the issue in the early 70s, late 60s, or mainly in the early 70s. I was the first uh, filmmaker of my generation to, to, that got the billing of Film By, which is a French-European uh, uh, billing. I didn't ask for it. They just gave it to me. Hmm. And uh, I would have preferred a Peter Bogdanovich production. <laughs> <laughs> Which I took on What's Up Doc, but uh, and Paper Moon, but uh, they gave me that, and it was in the, all the ads, and it was pretty big type, and it started the whole American tour thing over here. Mm -hmm. Besides, how did I feel about it? I, yeah. I, I uh, felt uh, uh, a little intimidated by it, and um, didn't didn't think about being in the forefront of anything. It just was the way it worked out. Besides making cinema history, I know one of the things I've really appreciated is that you've you've been a teacher of of cinema history with your you know your books and the commentaries and you know the, the appearances and all the documentaries and whatnot. Um, was 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 education always a part of uh, of your goal as an artist? Never. <laughs> <laughs> Just that um, I never th I never thought of it as education. I thought of it as popularization. Hmm. I thought I was keeping the flame alive of, of films that I liked. Which pop culture, you know, has a short a short shelf life, and um, unfortunately, and uh, I've come to realize how short the shelf life is. It's gotten shorter and shorter. Now, if, if I'm going through my personal collection and stuff that I've, I've done research on, have you done commentaries on all of your films that are on DVD? Uh, I don't think I did one on Texas, though, because it's not the version that I like. Mm -hmm. 
And I don't think I did one on noises off because they didn't ask me. I don't think there is any commentary on that one. Okay. Which I wish there were because it's one of my favorites. Well, you're always informative when you give the the commentaries. And you know, I as a film, I guess film host and film buff. Um, you know, I, I go back to the word education. It, it you know, it is for me as far as learning what you did and how you did it. Um, and what I've liked over the years with DVD was it was finally satisfying to hear the music of Bruce Springsteen in Mask, and last year to finally see Nickelodeon in, in black and white. Yeah, if you enjoyed it, you can imagine how much I, I was so happy to get them right finally after 30 years or something. I'm trying to remember. Do, do you know if uh, if uh, At Long Last Love will ever make it on the DVD? I don't know. It was such a disaster. Uh, the version that, that the, 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 the good cut has been shown on television and exclusively, nobody ever saw the original release cut ever again. Uh, I guess it might. They have a very good print at Fox, very beautiful print. They just uh, and people rent it occasionally. It was shown in a tribute to me in San Francisco, against my better judgment. But uh, they 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 liked it, so they showed it. Well, I figured if if a film like Mamma Mia could get made today, then that that film would be worth looking at again. That's what they set up in San Francisco, and the <laughs> critic who'd seen it before we re-reviewed it, re-evaluated it, thought it was pretty damn good. Uh, I I don't know what I think of it. Um, it was a, it was a good idea. It didn't it, it was compromised a bit, but um, I could do it better if I had to do it over again. Okay. It's is the the museum that is hosting Touch of Evil um, next month. They're showing Last Picture Show. I wasn't sure if you knew that or not. No, I didn't know that. Well, they are February nineteenth. Um, and we had a, an art house theater in town a few years ago that closed, and they their last movie they showed was the last picture show. Um, it, That's appropriate. Uh, very appropriate, indeed. Um, my gosh, that film is almost 40 years old, and it doesn't feel dated at all. Um, Thank you. Yes. When was the last time you watched it? Uh, maybe a year and a half ago I saw it with an audience. Played the, the, the certain pictures you make play the same way no matter what year or what audience. And that's a sure sign that it's going to last. I'm very proud to say that uh, it played that the way it played when it opened. And and that was one of those films where you know it launched a lot of careers, obviously with Jeff Bridges and Sybil Shepherd and and Randy Quaid, and and was able to. You know, put uh, Ben Johnson and Cloris Leachman to a new level. Ellen Burson was in that, of course. You just look at on paper and you think, wow, you know, 10 years after that, you know, the budget would have been, and their salaries would have been much, much more. Oh, yeah. We made the picture film not for nothing. It was a million three. And that, you, that was a book that you, you, you know, paperback that you picked up at a store? Uh, that's how it started, but then I didn't buy it. Uh, Sal Minio brought it, the same paperback, a few days later. And gave it to me, and I thought there must be something to this, so I guess I better read it. Sal always liked the book and thought he'd be good in it, but he was too old for it by the time he gave it to me. He thought I'd like it, which he was right, I did. Uh, j- jumping forward, uh, a film that I really enjoyed, and uh, I-, I was curious about how you got involved with it, was the, uh, the Tom Petty documentary, Running Down a Dream. I loved doing that. That was such fun. Uh, well, Tom wanting to make a 30th anniversary film, uh, documentary, and he and a good friend of his, a producer named George Vaculius, who was a friend of mine, were talking, and um, Tom said, who can we get to do the documentary? And George said, how about Bogdanovich? And Tom said, do you think we could get him? He said, I don't know, let me call him. So he called me and asked me if I'd be interested, and I, I didn't know much about Tom Petty. But I'm interested in things I don't know much about. Didn't know much about Texas either, so <laughs> I knew he was a, a big name in rock and roll. And um, yeah, I said, sure, I'd be interested. Why? Why are you asking me? He said, because Tom likes your stuff and he thinks you'd be good to do it. I said, well, let's meet. So I flew out to California and met with Tom. We talked for four hours, and I said, okay, I know how to do it. I think I know how to do it. At least I know how to approach it, and I'd like to do it. And that was that was it. I, I was impressed with how 
how thorough it was, and and in despite its length, I wanted I wanted more. Yeah, yeah. It, we got you know when you when you when you get the right rhythm for a picture, it, you can go on and on. It took us a long time to find the right rhythm for it, and but once we got it, it just flows. I've seen it with audiences, you know, on the big screen, and it's it's very exciting. And I I think of when 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 Scorsese did the Last Waltz and Shine a Light and Jonathan Demme's done Stop Making Sense and Heart of Gold. Does it does it change you as a filmmaker to go from concert music documentary to working on a feature? Uh, does it change your your mindset at all? No, because it's a different kind of thing. I mean, uh, the Tom Petty is, would have been impossible to make. It, it had to be digital. You couldn't cut that picture in the way I made, you know, let's say the last picture show or What's Up Doc or Paper Moon or, or even Mask or even The Cats Now. It can't be cut nor normally. You have to have digital editing in order to be able to do all that kind of fancy footwork, which the rock documentary requires. And, uh, I mean, it would have took long enough with the way we were doing it. I can't imagine how you could do it before a digital cutting. And how do you feel about digital? Oh, I think it's fine. It's, it, it speeds up the process. That's all. Okay. Um, what, do you, what are you currently working on, I, either as a director or as an actor? Uh, a little acting here and there and some pictures. But I'm working on a few pictures as a director. I'm trying to put together a couple of pictures, and there, people are trying to get me to do a couple of things. I'm not sure what I'm going to do first, but I'll be doing something this year, probably in May or June. Not sure what, so I can't really tell you because I'm not 100 percent sure. But a, a very different kind of project. Okay. Um, and I guess because it's this is a, a film talk show, I'm I'm curious what you've seen recently, whether it's old or new or either. Well, I liked the fabulous Mr. Fox a lot. That was one of my favorite films this year. Mine too. Um, I loved it. I thought Up in the Air was good. Uh, I liked Clooney in it a lot. I liked the two women. Mm-hmm. And uh, what else is there? I, I haven't seen Avatar, and I haven't seen uh, a lot of pictures. I enjoyed Robert Downey Jr. in uh, Sherlock Holmes, and I haven't seen a lot of pictures. Uh, Crazy Heart, by chance? I thought Jeff was extraordinary, and the picture is charming. I I agree. I agree. He's he's Jeff is Jeff is just amazing. Great, great, great performance. Mm-hmm. He's a great actor. He's always been a great actor. I knew that the minute we worked with him way back when. It's funny when pe- people still call him underrated, even though he has four nominations and, and a fifth one probably on the way. Well, he still is underrated because he's right up there among the best actors of his generation. Everybody knows it, but the public. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah I, thought, I think Crazy Heart's one of, one of his best works. Oh yeah, he's he's brilliant. I I really really appreciate your time, Peter. And and I guess I have to say on behalf of all the male listeners of the show, thank you for the diving board scene in in Last Picture Show. <laughs> okay. It it helped out a lot of us. So I'm glad. <laughs> glad to be of service. Peter Bogdanovich, thank you so much for being on Film Sociology. Hey, thanks, there you go, my chat with uh, Peter Bogdanovich. I don't know if Kobe would like the film The Last Picture Show, but I think the diving board scene he would like. Yeah. Oh, Ni- yeah, yeah. 1971. You're, you're a guy. You'll yeah, like Yeah, you're it. a guy. Kobe, 1971 <clears throat> Sybil Shepherd mm-hmm. was kind of kind of stupid kinda, pretty. Yeah. <laughs> All kinds kinda of- Kind of hot. Kind of stupid hot. Yeah. Cover so, girl hot, man. Yep. So- and uh, so salute Peter Bogdanovich. We appreciate it. Yes. <laughs> salute. <laughs> Anyway, um, we, we got just a little bit of time. Um, in the next couple of weeks, there's some Shakespeare movies that are going to be shown. Well, Shakespeare-oriented movies shown in uh, Richmond at IU East that I'll be doing the Robert Osborne impression and introducing. <laughs> Tonight is the 1999 Michael Hoffman-directed A Midsummer Night's Dream. That's the one with uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, mm-hmm. Stanley Tucci, Rupert Everett, young Christian Bale, Phil- uh, Calissa Flockhart. Uh, David Strathairn, that's a lot of fun. Kevin Klein, of course, is bottom. I enjoyed this. I think it's a really good one-on-one introduction to uh, to the story of Midsummer. So, anyway, that's that's if you're on the east side of town. Otherwise, go see Salt of the Earth. So you have Salt of the Earth. You have the Room, and you have drive-in movies, including what was it? Murder, killer, Psycho from Texas. Psycho from Texas. There's or a well- just stay at home and drink heavily. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> wow. With that in mind, thank you, Mike Perry. Here's some other words Silent to live by. Zardoz has spoken. Go see a good movie or stay at home and drink. You deserve it. And happy graduation to everybody. Now what? You're listening to Film Sociology, a film talk show here on WFYI HD to the point and WFYI.org. There's only one team I care about now. Go Tigers. We go. Good night, Fort Myers. Good night, California.